0: Hello, this is episode 332 of the Purple Psychology Podcast, Anisha writing. So I'm not really sure what this episode is on. It's kind of on sameness. I had a lot of really beautiful messages for my birthday, and it's funny, like, the theme of all of them was basically, in some form or another, thanking me for being myself and being outside the box and being me and recognising that that's different. And that I make a choice to stand in it in some way or another. The messages all came through in some way, shape or form to that same message. Which was rather brilliant. The sort of affirming messages that maybe you need once a year. I expected that my podcast would take a bit of a dip after the Black Elvis episode. I can kind of predict the sort of Rattler podcast at this point. And it's interesting because there's always that aspect about being different. And at the moment on my Patreon, I'm sharing a book that the kind of criticism back to me at the time was that I was arrogant. And I was explaining this to my mother this week and knowing me very well, she found it absolutely ridiculous, the idea of me being arrogant. But every time someone does give me criticism, I'm, I'm the sort of person who takes it on board and chews it around and chews myself up and thinks, oh, can I possibly be like that? And why do they think that? And everybody came out the other side. And the majority of people stayed in my world. I only lost three people from my life, from the writing people that were supposed to be close to me. And some of them flipped back in and out. And they actually come with such judgment that I, I, I sort of wish that they, that they wouldn't, in a way, if I'm honest. There's always a cost to their connection. But it's interesting how we view difference, how we view the sense of standing on your own and being yourself, that we view that as arrogant. And in the latest writing I'm sharing to a very small subset of people, some of the comments have been around being intellectual and using big words and not understanding what those mean. And that's come up in the past as well. And this is a a bit of a challenge for me because I refuse to have the first three books sort of edited into the way that people think high level English should be. Because I know that there's a lot of people who've read those books. Well, the first five really. There's a lot of people who've read those books, who've left school early, who have dyslexia, who are not normally readers. And it's interesting, there's another subset of people who are very academic, who think that they're very worldly, who like to read the Man Booker Prize books in particular, and they will offer to edit those books. is quite hilarious, and I, and I won't let them, because I know they're very accessible. But I also know that my own writing has changed over time and that I actually find it very difficult to read my own writing now. And I have had to put a lot of extra layers into how I work in terms of settings on my computer and using inverted colors and special fonts and just different tactics so that I can read my work better and more accurately. But I also know that the sentences are still very short And I wondered in a way if the criticism around intellectuals, this is what I mean, like I do take these things on board and I go away and I look at them. I also wondered in a sense because I've been so connected to outside of Ireland, to world events, to the sort of reading I've been doing, I wondered if people just felt a bit insular if they hadn't had the exposure of the themes and the topics and the writers and those experiences of the things that I was talking about to feel that they weren't accessible to them. So I went and asked for feedback from other people who I know live in quite rural communities and maybe wouldn't be reading the sort of books I'm reading and doing the sort of research I'm doing to find out how they felt. And they, they didn't find them beyond them or too intellectual or the words weren't too big. So Again, when we don't want to engage with something as being different and having a different point of view and being outside, we find really interesting ways to be sort of slightly insulting about it. Because as I said, like, both are an insult to me, to be arrogant or too intellectual. I don't want to see either of those things as positive because they don't don't feel accessible to everybody. So that's some of the journey that I've been on in myself and I I do take all of these words that people say to me and I chew them around and I try to see what they're seeing and I try to see how people feel when they're being stretched and I read this really funny article um, of a Canadian tourist that came to Ireland and this coincides actually with a bit of a campaign to get rid of school uniforms here because they're costing so much. There's a huge outlay now in sending people to school, which is basically about them having the right kit in every sense, them fitting in and, be, and being this, this sameness. So I can see where this this Canadian person got their ideas from. They sort of basically came back from Ireland and said, I had a lovely time, The people were really lovely. But I felt like I kept meeting the same people over and over because they all looked the same. All the guys had the same haircut, looked exactly the same, wore exactly the same clothes, some form of a tracksuit. And I thought I was meeting the same person over and over. And, and the women kind of also fitted into a mould. And this has gone on for years and, and particularly in schools and, and actually schools are quite, I get quite irate with them because they don't allow any sort of self-expression and I've heard of a lot of visiting students from Americans that stuff who are just like, oh my god this is so weird, like everyone looks the same, like what? where's the expression, where's the self-expression. It was again, I read all the comments on the article because that's what I do. And basically, it was like, yeah, yeah, you have to fit in learn it. like the lads would give you such a hard time if you didn't, basically, you know, if you didn't conform, and you weren't being the same. So there we are, again, that you know, you can't be different. And that's extended out so much, like, people won't have secondhand books, they don't want to be seen that they don't have the span new kit going into school of everything new and everything needed. And It's a bit of a status symbol, and it puts an extraordinary amount of pressure on families. There's an extraordinary materialistic pressure in Ireland to have everything and to be seen to have everything and have it new. And as somebody who grew up not working like that and fixing things and upcycling them, and loving second hand books, it's a bit odd. It, I just there's there's so many levels of this sameness that I don't fit into. And even when I go to really wacky, out of the box of box events, like sort of spiritual events, I find that there's a sort of a uniform. And then you're supposed to be a different type of same to fit into them. Then everybody's sort of trying to be a certain person in order to be in a certain set, and that set is very outside the box and very different, but there's a requirement and address a different sameness. So it is, it's 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 a fascinating journey for me in how much we can't do difference. And the new ways that we find to insult it every day and the new pressures that come up and the ages that they start at and I guess I've been doing a lot of other reading um you know really cheerful reading around the workhouse and as we approach the time where people are going to think about going back to school and anyone who who can't fit into it and who's dropped out this is a real pressure cooker moment and I have no doubt in the next couple of weeks that I will have various people come to me who don't make it or try to go back and end up in such turmoil like there's there's such inflicted self-harm around this around not being able to fit in and not being able to go back to where you're expected to be and yet I'm I'm reading what life was like for people and the pressures of falling out of society the pressures of having an accident and having no medic no access to medical treatment to fix an injury which meant that you couldn't work and then you couldn't keep your family and the implications of a husband dying young, of tuberculosis. This is just a different world. Like, in a way, there is so much freedom and so little pressure in our modern society in so many ways. Like, there, there is access to so much in this privileged set of people. Who listen to this podcast and yet there's this extraordinary pressure to not be able to go back to school when that was such a status to be able to stay in school once to not have to leave at 13 because your father had died and you desperately needed the money to feed your siblings and, and keep a roof over your head, like a really mingy, horrendous roof at that, that was leaking, and was probably actually um, a bombed out building that people were squatting in that had been condemned. Like, as I watch how society has changed in the last maybe 70 years in particular, and I work. Look at the pressures that people have put themselves under to not be different. It just seems ridiculous.